Welcome to Inside the Barrel with Cultivated Cocktails Distillery. My name is Leah Howard with Cultivated Cocktails, and I have uh, Taylor Howard here with me today, as well as Real Adams. And Kelsey is calling in from afar, unfortunately. We're in North Carolina, and she is in Connecticut. So we're going to talk about who we are, what we are, what we want to be, where we're going. So I'll start you guys off today. We are actually literally sitting around the barrels. We are in the barrel room. So this is a really wonderful place to be. It smells awesome, and we're drinking whiskey. Can't get much better than that. Uh, but as you learn about our distillery, you'll understand that there's a lot here going on, and it really doesn't get much better than this. So I will let – actually, let's let's start with Real, who is our uh, head distiller. That's me. Maker extraordinaire. And a real has been with us for quite some time now and knows more about us than I want to allow him to put into a microphone, but we're going to take our chances. Real. So tell us about, let me, let me start off by asking you, um, you like working here? Yeah, I do. Uh, love the distilling business. This is a great place to practice it. Um, I've been in Asheville, North Carolina here for a while, you know, worked for some other distilleries, other beverage companies in the area before finding uh, what was then H&H Distilling, what is now Cultivated Cocktails. Um, And this is a wonderful place to work, you know, it allows a lot of creativity. That's one of the big things we focus on in our spirit program is diversity of spirits, lots of different options, which leaves the doors wide open to me to be a little creative and get to play with some new ideas and new concepts, which is what I really love about this business. Yeah, absolutely. And new concepts like our, our recently new products for us, but but some old staples too. So um, if you want to just tell us a little bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis on the, creating those spirits. Yeah, sure thing. Um, the best part about working in small businesses specifically in in this small business in uh in distilling is you know no two days are the same um it takes a lot of different steps to make spirits every spirit kind of has its own timeline um its own amount of time you need to produce it so in one day you could have a bit of work on a batch of gin where maybe you're dropping the proof on that you could be filtering something else dealing with cooperage on the other side um there's just a big variety to it um but in a normal normal day you know we uh we like to touch a few different things so yeah absolutely and i think that that it puts us in a really good spot because you know to segue into you're doing a lot of of what we've built up to now right we are well into our development and have been created as a company for 10 years we've had products out since 2016 and and so now we're looking at this from kind of a now perspective and trying to give everybody an idea of what we are and what we do every day but there's a lot of background there and that background really starts I mean with Taylor right like you you're the the body of the background there and I've been around I tried really not to be around but I got That's sucked true. into it so so you really are the the original person here so Taylor can give us a little bit of an idea about where we came from originally when now we're sitting in a barrel room drinking whiskey and our CFO is afar from us in Connecticut drinking what are you drinking Kelsey I'm sorry I had you muted I'm drinking shades 
shades of rosé. So she's drinking gin. We're drinking whiskey. So we've started off on the right foot. Taylor, why don't you tell us a little bit about where we came from? She's not fortunate enough to have the whiskey right now. So limited. Kelsey, uh, I'll mail you a bottle tomorrow. Just kidding. So <laughs> we, uh, she won't hold her breath. Um, we, you know, the distillery started as a kind of just what we thought would be a hobby, a legal hobby, a business, um, but planned on, uh, it was my cousin and myself. We started the idea back in 2012, um, went to, I went to a bachelor party at Highland Brewing and then beside it was another craft distillery. Uh, went in there, saw it. We both uh, got electrical computer engineering degrees from Western Carolina University. We, or I looked at it and it's like, well, most of our systems automated. We can definitely automate it. Um, and it was just a lot of copper and stainless. And of course, being a plumber, the Jake had access to lots of copper and stainless. Um, and I had access to lots of copper. Um, we don't do stainless much, but as a utility contractor. So I looked at it and said, sure, we can do that. Um, called him up and said, hey, would you want to do this? Um, and let's make it legal and, and see where we go. And we were playing golf on a father-son golf tournament and buying stills, looking at stills, looking at equipment on the golf course, buying them. Um, and we thought both working 80, 90 hours a week plus that we could do this as a side hustle and it didn't, didn't really work out that way. Um, so we ended up, uh, he got out and then my dad got involved and we hired a couple other distillers and then we ended up with real, um, and that, that's kind of where we started. Yeah, so Taylor fails to mention sometimes in that story that I was driving those boys on that bachelor party around. I got to be the sober one. Um, and just to be, like, very clear, I am not necessarily the sober one, right? Taylor, ironically, creator of this distiller, who is H&H originally, so that's Howard and Howard, um, he's not a big drinker, never really has been. I'm more of the the drinker in the family and they said you know we need a driver whatever that's totally fine he could have driven just to be clear <laughs> but they were tasting and doing and so I remember being a part of that initial conversation and that was a lot of a lot of um what I thought was going to be a moment on a napkin that would never come to fruition and some kids playing around but uh it obviously came very true that that napkin um Jake and I, and, and you were there too, uh, Leah, right? When we sat down and went to lab. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, all right. We sat down at lab, Lexington Avenue Brewery in Asheville. It's now closed. But we sat down, drew it up on a napkin, our whole plans. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know about in Jake's world, but that's pretty typical in our world. We'll sit here and draw blueprints on napkins at our local gas station to give all our utility guys in the morning their official set of blueprints. But so that's how we started the distillery. Um, Very official. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And all the guys know it. Like, I got my napkin. Um, but that's how we started planning out the distillery. Ten years later on our 10-year party, um, we ended up back at the lab, which is now ended up going to well, – uh, It was Canarchy. Canarchy Collaboratory. Yeah. 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 And then it's now – Bold Rock, but we went and had dinner 
uh, and had drinks on the night of our 10-year party. So it was kind of full circle right back in that same little building. Um, it was kind of cool. Did you draw any new blueprints on napkins that night that no, I need to know about? I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Real's like, don't uh, throw anything at me. Yeah, you know me constantly drawing, whether they're on paper or in my head. One, um, but yeah. Well, one of the things I kind of find really interesting about, and you know, obviously I came into this story a little bit later, but having worked in other sides of the alcohol production industry, how often do you hear that? similar story you know we all had the idea we all got so excited we all had the plan it's not very often you get to see what happens when that plan actually gets followed through um quite often you know you run into the speed bumps because anyone trying to get into this business or anyone who is in this business definitely knows and understands it's not that easy you know opening a distillery is certainly not the easiest business to open and um it's just kind of cool to see what it's like when you finally get over some of those hurdles, get to get the stills in, get to get them working, get to build, and then, you know, that's when the real work really begins. But there's so many hurdles early on that uh, that's kind of something interesting about us. And, and you never stop. We're constantly improving equipment, processes, mm-hmm. Well, and the, the business is, is difficult, right? I, I don't care where you are or, you know, it, it's difficult. It's grueling and uh, it's fun, but there's a lot to it. But but what we need to mention is that we also live in North Carolina and creating a distillery in North Carolina has its own set of parameters as a control state that we live in. And so we can talk more about that on later episodes, but but just to just to know that Reels job coming in to make spirits, that is something that we could have done in North Carolina regardless of the changes that were being made. Um, but Kelsey would have never come to be if we didn't make some changes in North Carolina and bring about the ability to sell multiple bottles without being restricted and do cocktails in our tasting rooms. And and again, that's probably a whole other episode to talk about all those changes, but those changes were made and then we needed somebody to help us open a new location and add to our growing business. And so enter Kelsey at literally the same time as real, but in very different ways, uh, looking for two different jobs there. So, so Kelsey, uh, probably holds the key to, uh, a lot of things, maybe even including the communication barriers between Taylor and I most days, That's um, a constant battle. <laughs> but Kelsey, <laughs> I will let you talk a little bit about, uh, where you came from, uh, and, and how you ended up with us. And I don't know if I should ask you if you like your job or not. We throw everything. (laughs) (laughs) I think that if I had stuck around for this long, not liking my job, I probably wouldn't be as a cheerful a person. Um, I first met the Howards at a restaurant that I was working at. Um, and I, I know that I had probably served you guys a couple more times in passing, but we didn't really learn names. It was like a mutual recognition, but um, not so much a first name basis. But um, I had worked there from the very beginning when they opened up the restaurant in Asheville and um, started serving tables and eventually worked my way up to bartending. Um, I was a corporate trainer for them for a while, so they just kind of started sending me to different states to help them open up new restaurants. Um, And then eventually, I was really kind of missing Asheville and wanting to stay there, so they had an opening up for a bar manager, and I took that position so I could stay. 
And shortly, I think it was maybe like six months after I took that position, then they announced that they were closing our location. Um, so Taylor and Leah came in. Um, I think that you guys had somebody else with you too. I think it might've been Robin. That's right. Um, you had, you guys came in, um, once we announced that we were officially closing to the public, I think everybody who was like a big fan of the restaurant started just popping in to, you know, get the food one more time and say their goodbyes. And I was managing at that point and just kind of walking around and touching tables and making sure everybody was happy. And I think you guys probably just asked me like, one too many questions which basically ended up as me staying at your table for like a good 20 minutes just piling on my life story of how I was so stressed out at the time because I was trying to figure out if I wanted to move with the company to a different location and how disappointed I was because I had just made that choice to to stop traveling with them because I wanted to be in Asheville so I spent about 20 minutes with you guys and I think you were helping me weigh the pros and cons and just kind of letting me vent and listening to me. And then uh, when I finally walked away to let you guys eat your dinner in peace, uh, I think Leah walked over and, and handed me a business card and basically just said something along the lines of, if you if you do end up staying in Asheville, just give us a call and we could probably find a, an opening for you. And so I took a, I took a probably a two-month period before I finally decided to call I'm just enjoying my severance a little bit. And then uh, when I reached out to you guys initially, I think that you were still kind of in that really gray period of not really knowing what what was going to become legal and how it was going to change in North Carolina in the next few months. And so you weren't really sure if you were going to be pulling the trigger on expanding and moving downtown or if you it kind of were just deciding that you probably just wanted to bring me on as sales. I think I ended up just kind of ghosting you guys uh, at the beginning. And I think uh, Taylor reached back out to me and basically was like, just, just come meet us and sit down and we'll talk. And, and after I ended up, I think spending a couple hours with you guys and just kind of was able to talk about what, where you wanted to be and what you guys wanted to become and felt that I would be able to help you in some way and that it would also be a really fun learning experience. So I kind of came on with a just helping where I can be. And, and, you know, we did a lot of events and stuff and a little bit more sales. And I think the majority of the beginning of the work that I was spending with you guys, it was really just me and Leah kind of driving from place to place and spending so much time in the car that we're just kind of chatting and getting to know each other really well. My boyfriend had made a, a joke at that time that Taylor basically just hired his wife a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Who was on my side the whole time. <laughs> well... That's a good hire. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that she has a great level head that oftentimes sees the benefit of both sides. It's true. So... That, and that has been a huge asset for us as we grow. And so Kelsey did start out as our single employee for our downtown location when we opened that up. Yeah, technically, real, you beat her by a month or two as far as official hire, I think, maybe. Yeah, but, uh, <clears throat> but I think that was just a function of us not having downtown. Right. And not really. And, uh, that's true. That was yeah. going into motion. I think, I want to say y'all had signed a lease like, the day before I interviewed, something like it that. was yeah. it was brand new. You, we fresh. took you down there, I think, the first day, or, or maybe the second. I time. think we had to meet back up and go down there yep. 
because like you had signed a lease but didn't have keys. Like we were right. in that tight of a time frame. Yeah. Um, and so Kelsey, we always tell everybody that she's our first employee because technically on the cultivated or H and H payroll, she is the very first. Um, everybody else was on our our T and K payroll for a, a decent time. Yeah, I worked uh, for T and K Utilities for a while, making <laughs> liquor for H and H distilling. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Whatever tax entity is maybe listening, like maybe just forget that part. No, we, yeah, <laughs> they don't listen to podcasts. Our accountants took care of it all, and our workers' comp. They everybody was all under yeah. under good terms. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kelsey, I think. Yeah, it wasn't the downtown wasn't open when I remember taking you down there, um, meeting here at the office and taking you down there, and yeah, no, we, we had, had to peek in the windows, right? Yeah, well, we had to order everything for downtown when we knew this was going to happen, right? When we knew we were going to open, we needed all the items to do all of our product and retail and such. And Kelsey and I would just kept receiving like enormous packages at the office and just shoving them in the front room and like unpackaging oh, yeah. them and like just yeah we remember we helped carry them up yeah, the yeah well you know that's i remember kelsey having a and then uh, back down and then back, and, down. And then back up and then back down let's see i remember kelsey having a, a nice long nap on that couch up there was it? I don't know that you ever knew that. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> hard to keep anything from Taylor, honestly. But uh, yeah, no, it was fun. I think you had a nice long night before. But listen, that tells us that she is an alcohol enthusiast and enjoys That's herself great. every once in a while, which is completely acceptable. You I've never work. had efficient like bottling help out. like Kelsey hungover. <laughs> What was that, Kelsey? But I would also like to point out that you can't get mad at me for needing a nap on the couch the next day when I was out with y'all the night before. It was like a takeover that you guys had done at Mountain Madre. Oh, yeah. And I was still, like new employee, and I can't. And I think that was the first time that I met Wendell. That's right. And I, I forgot. Came to like show support, and then, you know. Support <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we right. pretty much let's, fed you alcohol. Let's go talk to Danny about mezcal. <laughs> and, yeah. And then we tried all of the mezcals he had. And <laughs> was that our first event thing? Not, that I mean, was the first thing that I had attended with you guys. Probably you too, right, real? Probably. What's I mean? Now look at there it, was full, mezcal involved. I don't remember. Yeah, full circle. I mean, we're <laughs> we're getting ready to not partner with Danny, but work with Danny on for at least the next five years. So, uh, Mountain Madre. Yeah. Well, you know, we've said full circle a couple of times. Just to be clear, this town is real small. So (laughs) (laughs) it is not difficult to make a full circle. But I do think that we've circled it enough times to pick some really fantastic people to work with us and spend time with us and grow this company. And so, you know, we just want to talk about what this company is and not just as a distillery, but overall and our goals as people I think Kelsey mentioned you know she sat down and talked with us and that's kind of what led her to to be more comfortable to come to work with us and I hope that a lot of our staff would say that but it is that we're family and we're small and our goals are very um invested in our family life too and invested in our you know the outcome of not only our business but the people who work for us so I want to definitely bring other people on and we'll talk about this new Mountain Madre collab- like uh, partnership and we'll talk about new spirits and we'll talk about probably things that we shouldn't talk about. 
on this podcast. Um, but I was told there are no rules to podcast, just to be clear. So we put E for explicit and we're good to go. Right. Yeah. So, you know, probably we're going to have to fall into that category and that's totally fine. So that's a little bit about what we're doing here and, and why we're doing it. And, uh, some of the content that you can look forward to if you're following us and listening in. So we would love to hear your feedback and hear your um, stories also about your experiences with our products. And maybe we'll bring you on the show. You can contact us on our website or our, our social media pages that, you know, Kelsey and I manage. So one of us will get back to you. <laughs> it definitely won't be me or real. It no, will. Absolutely not. Or you can totally come in and bug real. Actually, let also, me absolutely let not. me just go ahead and promote. It. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so. Unless you're coming to help bottle, uh, and you know, and maybe you get hungover and you come in like Kelsey, and or maybe not hungover, just no sleep, and we we get Chelsea, Kelsey's alternate <laughs> Kelsey, and uh, she crushes bottling more than that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Very efficient. Yeah. Very efficient. Maybe we'll ask Chelsea so to come on the show. Doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the big kicker. Yeah. We, we always threaten to go out and uh, shoot fireworks and stuff out inside your bedroom window at night just to make sure you didn't get any sleep so you could come in and bottle. We're saving <laughs> that one for when we're in like a really serious pinch, though. I promise I am a good employee, though, when I'm well well slept and, and taking care of myself, too. Oh, there's there's no doubt in that. I think she, I think they're saying <laughs> that they like Kelsey and Chelsea, yeah. honestly. So, yeah. you know, I don't think you can go wrong there with okay. regardless of how you come in. Totally yeah. fine. Don't, don't let I'm, that, I'm fine with that. Don't let that come out wrong. We, uh, we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for y'all right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... This is all, I, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for Taylor's tenacity and everything that he does and all of our staff that have been with us and continue to do so and the inability to pull out of this after we've put so much money into it. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a decent year this year. Uh, so, I mean, when Real came on, we had two products. Yep. We uh, had the Hazel 63 and the Highway 9 Highway gym 9. when I started, and we were... Y'all had just bottled the first batch of Shades of Rosé. Right. It wasn't out for release. Right. Coffee was close to Pretty being close. done. Most of the R&D work had been done. We hadn't produced any yet, but we were we were pretty close on that one. And now we've got uh, nine out. Right. Yeah. Um, and then looking behind you in, in the barrel racks and everything, there's another, uh, another three, three, three more. Right behind me right and now, a couple yeah. of tanks behind us over here. Just got uh, another... Two, one to two more. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be near a dozen within the, you know, and it will be at a dozen with some of that being kind of rotating in and out, but sure. a dozen total different products um, pretty easily by next year, um, which is, you know, if you ever come and see us at the production distillery, uh, I think that really is something to be proud of. It's not the world's biggest space. It's not a, it's not a giant industrial 600,000 square foot building, whatever, but we can really make a lot out of what we do. Um, we produce a lot of spirits out of here, and we produce a very wide array of spirits out of here, which is really what I'm most proud of, actually, in all, in all of our production. You play Tetris every day. Masterfully. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the, the main production is 1,200 square feet. Mm -hmm. um, then we have a couple of storage containers, three right now, but two permanent um, for bottles and empty bottles and and product, it, it not finished product. But then we also have our barn that we're in. It's about 800 square feet. 
So yeah, so two thousand plus the storage containers is what we work with, but you know, constantly moving things around. And then Kelsey, we wouldn't. Uh, we started with no retail outlet other than our production facility that we had to pay to get people at with advertising and marketing. Um, and then you and Leah have built that downtown at our old location um, from the ground up. And then we recently, last year, last year, yeah, last year expanded over into our new location, which is much bigger, much more uh, customer-oriented and uh, still all the same good stuff. Just more. Yeah, more good just stuff. More, yeah. Yeah. more good stuff. And, and it's a lot. So that's... We'll go over more as we do all these episodes and and, and talk about all of our retail and, and why the downtown is what it is. So that's a whole other yeah. story of, of having Taylor really, really wanted to make sure that we had everything down there to create a cocktail shop in the way that it was just an all-inclusive one-and-done store. Get your spirits, get your mixers, get your glassware, get your barware and and we've done that and it's been awesome you can even get a tampon flask and i'm not gonna go down are they still there uh we're out of them right now they seem to be on back order like the world is on back order but i'm just saying you can potentially get a tampon flask and that's a whole nother story i'm not gonna let you i'm not gonna let you you'll have to hear that yeah i'm not gonna let you talk about that right now but um we will we will talk about it and and probably a lot more i'd like to talk about uh, just touch on a little bit of the spirit that we're drinking today uh, here in the production facility in the barrel room. We're actually drinking uh, our Steel Horse whiskey, and so we'll, we I'd like to talk about that uh, and the spirit pretty much at the end of every podcast. We can we can kind of touch on different cocktails and different spirits and different things like that. So this is a a whiskey. And it is, there's nothing in it. Maybe a little bit of rainwater. It's raining and I had to bring it from the from the distillery area. Just so opens it up a it bit. It just opens it up naturally with that rainwater here in North Carolina. And uh, so I'm going to let Real tell us a little bit about this spirit. Yeah, so um, I guess I'll give you a little bit on the technical side. Um, this is a American style or sort of bourbon style of whiskey. Um, you know, when you're looking at whiskeys, uh, especially from a distillery perspective, one of the most telling numbers is going to be your mash bill, um, which is kind of the ratios of grain that go into the product. Uh, this one in particular is a 60-40. So it's 60% corn, 40% malted barley. Um, that's a bit of an unusual mash bill. Uh, usually bourbons don't, they'll have malt barley in there, but that is a really, really high percentage of malt barley. Um, for us, I think that really nicely play, pays homage to sort of where we are. Um, most people know Asheville as a beer city. Um, the spirits are almost kind of a, a second wave, if you will, coming up underneath the beer. Um, so using that really high malt barley percentage um, kind of gives you a little homage to that. It also gives a really interesting and unique flavor. Uh, malt barley can kind of bring in almost two different sets of flavors uh, to the spirit, one of them being sort of a richness. Uh, you could think like malt balls, that kind of thing, maybe a little bit of toffee-like flavor. Um, but more importantly and really differentiatingly, it brings in a really nice kind of green grass freshness to a whiskey um, that to me uh, gives you the ability to kind of proof the whiskey a little higher, give it a little bit more kick, and that green grass freshness kind of 
tends to uh, mellow it out a little bit, make it a little bit more soothing to drink, not quite so hot like a heavy rye whiskey or not quite so intense. It makes it kind of mild, very sippable, and kind of like a nice light, you know, single malt, malt whiskey, that kind of thing. Um, but if you want to get to what really sets this whiskey apart, it is its aging process. So we start off aging it on some of toasted American oak cubes. That kind of sets our baseline of flavor. That's done in a stainless steel tank, kind of a little bit of a departure from traditional whiskey aging there. Um, and then we put it into some previously used, uh, three char North American white oak barrels. Uh, we actually source those from another distillery in Chicago called Koval Distilling, um, really cool, really cool place. They make some really interesting whiskeys, and we use uh, their former barrels uh, to age this. Um, once it goes into the Koval barrels, it'll sit for a while, and then it uh, it goes on to the very unique part of this whole process, which I think uh, Taylor can talk to better than I can. But uh, it's something we call the rotator. It is a device invented by Mr. Taylor Howard himself. Um, we worked with the engineering at Western Carolina University, where he's an alumni, uh, to help develop and actually build the uh, the first version of our rotator. Um, we've gone through a lot of changes, modifications, and stuff since then, but uh, we'll let him maybe touch on real quick kind of what that is and what it adds to the product. Yeah, so we, like Real said, we did it with Western, and I think we'll get them on at a later date and discuss all of our projects we, we do with them. But uh, this one, particular one, we sandwiched two of these Koval barrels between um, some old Harley wheels and rotate them uh, constantly for, for 2,000 miles to help agitate in a barrel. I mean, you hear all the stories from back in the day. I don't I don't know when, but I think it's going down the Mississippi River of yep. the barrels being in the bottom of the ship uh, tasted better at their destination being sloshed around than they did sitting still at the original destination. So we're trying to constantly agitate. You yeah, create them. that motion, that oxidization that you're right. going to get out of sloshing them. Yep. I mean, you, people put them under oceans now and still on ships and everything else, but we just tried to do something unique. Um, and since it's steel horse theme with a motorcycle and we just stuck with the Harley Davidson tires, motorcycle theme. Everything. It also helps that those Harley tires fit a 30-gallon barrel head that's almost right. perfectly. That's right. There was a lot of trial and error, and that's where we ended up, and it, it worked out great. Um, it's, it's The whiskey's 93 proof, just like premium fuel. If you're going to fill up your motorcycle with premium fuel, it's 93 octane. Um, it, it's turned out really well. Yeah, and uh, that rotation, we kind of touched on it, but it's it's really all about oxidization. Um Oxygen is sort of like sandpaper on wood to spirits. Is what takes the heat out, the burnout, the unpleasant sensations you get from drinking strong spirits. Um, oxygen is kind of how you scrub that away. So you can either sit around and wait for it to happen slowly but surely, um, sitting in a barn, in a warehouse, wherever, or you can put the barrels into some motion. Um, and this is kind of our take on that. So um, that lets us serve it to that higher 93 proof, but it still is nice and smooth, nice and light. It doesn't really have the kick of a 93 proof, which is uh, a pretty cool little trick. And this product's very limited. We released two barrels because uh, only two barrels fit in the rotator, so that's as much as we can age at one time. Granted, we may have multiple barrels in the barn sure. aging, uh, but what actually gets put on that rotator is only two at a time, and it's 30 gallons a piece. So we're, we're limited on how many times we can release that a year, and it sells out in about 30 days. Yeah, we're lucky so. to get about, in a great year, we get three batches in, um, 
right. get at least two batches in. That's about 300 bottles a batch. So you're talking between six and 900 bottles a year, which is very limited. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It, um, and every batch is quite different because of the characters of the barrel. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, with that rotation, I mean, you know, with the rotation, with using used cooperage, things like that, you're bringing variables in. Um, and in, in distilled spirits, you know, you can kind of go one way or the other. Either you try to eliminate every variable possible and make this very consistent product, which if you're going to do something that's on the market all the time, kind of makes sense. Like a vodka, you know, you want to always make sure it's the same. But in something like a whiskey, where you already know it's going to be small batch, there's kind of a, a collector aspect to it, to these slight changes here, slight changes there. Everyone kind of has its own personal characteristic, and it kind of leaves the customer wanting to come back for more, wanting to see what the next round is going to be like, you know, which is which is fun. Yeah, and and actually going forward, we're going to slowly change the grain bill uh, mm-hmm. to add a little bit more wheat in there. Yeah. Yeah, just a little more, little more uh, complexity to the flavor on the front end um, should, you know, keep the whiskey interesting, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and we have that ability because we are a small craft distillery, and we like to get creative and inventive and small batch. So we will taste and talk about more of that as we go on with the podcast. Kelsey, is there anything that you want to add about? Uh, well, anything, the whiskey, anything? Um, I will say for the whiskey that I've never in the past considered myself a whiskey fan. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of the spirits that, I mean, I never, never was a gin person either. Um, and the whiskey for sure is something that I find to be really nice and light and can can definitely sip on by itself, which is just a whole new world for me. Um, and then slowly but surely definitely became a fan of the gin as well so i think it's just realizing that there is a lot more to more to the process and real explains it so well and and you can really kind of taste a lot of the stuff that you talk on so yeah i think i've i've definitely learned so much and have grown to try a lot more things and actually really enjoy them and really stop chasing them and stop drinking like i am fresh out of college so yeah, it's really great. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys um, being here, and I'm sure that we will all convene again and we'll bring other people on as well. And we look forward to coming together and having another. Oh, love it. Hazel in the background. <laughs> we love our animals so too. <laughs> all right. So we will uh, see you guys or listen to hear you guys. You guys will hear us again soon and uh, follow us pop in give us a call buy our bottles